Welcome to the Golden Hour Podcast Experience with your hosts, David Altizer and Connor McCaskill. Let's go, you mother truckers. Yeah. All right. I can't believe you got Joe Rogan on the show. That's nuts. Yeah, it was, um, you know, it was a real expensive uh, rate that he gave us, but um, thanks to the people that uh, are sponsoring us, mm-hmm. we were able to afford it. Right. Yes. Our uh, uh, our sponsors, Pure Pure. Hold on. Pure Lacroix. Uh, thank you, Pure Lacroix. For yeah. no, they didn't sponsor. And Apple. Us. Yeah. Um, no, we don't have any sponsors, which leads us to say, if you're a potential sponsor and you would like to sponsor a podcast like this. Uh, the door is open. <laughs> ghp.fm slash contact. If you'd like to give us money, <laughs> please do that. But yeah, um, man, AI has gotten to a point now where I'm a little scared. Yeah. Um, so Dave showed up this morning and he's like, check this out. And he punched in some random things, mm-hmm. uploaded a clip, and suddenly there's a robot that was talking just like me, yep. which was a little bizarre. Um, and then, of course, we were messing around with it. We got Joe Rogan to so, say yeah, some things. So let's see. This is AI Connor. Okay, so let's see what this sounds like. Um, I loaded in Connor's voice, and all I have to do is just type something in, and it can do it. Let's- well, that didn't sound like me. It sounds a little different, um, but you can tune it to you know to sound however. Um, but yeah, I can do I can do Joe Rogan, which is what we did, uh, obviously, earlier. This is AI Joe Rogan. That sounds really good. <laughs> yeah, that sounded pretty all right. So that's how we were able to do our little intro here. Welcome to the Golden Hour Podcast Experience with your hosts David Altizer and Connor McCaskill. Let's go, you mother truckers! That's <laughs> <laughs> so good. So. I wanted to share this with you guys right at the front end because I think this is important for us to kind of document where we are in this process. You know, we may look back in a couple of years and be like, man, they were uh, so naive and unaware of where this was going. I've seen AI voice uh, models in the past, but this is getting really good. It's really easy and it's really cheap. It's starting to sound less. I mean, it still doesn't quite sound right, like if you really listen to it, but it's starting to sound less and less like a machine talking. Yeah. It's able to get a little more inflection in the voice. If you could figure out spacing between words, because people don't just mm-hmm. say words like this in a row, Yeah, you know, there's a little more inflection um, or spacing between words. Uh, but once that's figured out, it's going to get crazy. You're going to be able to make anyone say anything, which is a weird place to be in. I know, exactly. And, and in this time uh, where we're living in the situations where people are, you know, getting in trouble for certain things that they said in the past or whatever, like it's going to get hard to differentiate whether or not that person actually said it. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, right now, it's it, there are little tells that if you listen close enough, it sounds like a robot. But again, listen to Joe Rogan. This is AI Joe Rogan. Like, yeah. there's it sounds a little um stale and a, a little robotic but man it's from with within a split second you wouldn't really think anything of it yeah and i think we're actually listening for those issues because we know I mean, you typed mm-hmm. it in we're we're hearing it right exactly but if someone it just like had jargon say something nefarious yeah. and um they heard it in passing or whatever they're much more likely to believe it i mean this could be uh, it's a really cool technology because there's a lot of like funny kind of things like we had Joe Rogan start off this podcast. That's pretty funny. Um, but there's just a lot of ways that this can be taken the wrong way. So we just kind of wanted to bring this up and 
make you guys aware of it. This is something that's happening. You probably already know about it. This isn't probably new, but just in case. We also did find this. This this is is a great. great little video that we found of somebody that it's a chat GPT generated script which then they inputted that script into the system that we were using from 11 labs, which by the way, if you want to mess around with this, go to 11 labs.io and you can kind of mess around with this yourself. You can import your own, uh, voices. Um, you know, I was even thinking from a creative standpoint, say we're editing a video and I flubbed a line here or there. Mm-hmm. If I just input my own voice model into the system, I could type in the mistakes that I made and you could just add that in to like mid sentence and then I don't have to record anything and it's just, it sounds the same as whatever lav mic I was using at the time because mm-hmm. I input that source um, from that microphone and you could basically recreate, you know, using AI uh, mistakes that you made and, and fix audio mistakes. That's true. There's also entire channels where they don't ever show their face. It's only ever voiceover mm-hmm. and then they show random B-roll clips or whatever. So like maybe like a news channel. So there's a, there's a world where they record themselves talking, they add it to the program. And then later down the line, all they have to do is write out their blog. Let's say it's a blog or a news source. They type it out, punch it in there. It spits out the audio. They upload that yeah put some b-roll on it and they're done well that's essentially what this is here check this out this is joe rogan and jordan peterson talking about mario (laughs) so jordan what's the deal with super mario i mean the premise is essentially a plumber saving the princess over and over again yeah i mean it's a classic story but let's think about it why is mario always chasing after her you know It's not like he's got any real obligation to do it. Exactly, dude. I mean, what's the deal with that? Why does he feel the need to chase after her all the time? Well, I think it's a classic hero's journey, you know? Mario's the hero and Peach is the damsel in distress. But, you know, I've been thinking about this a lot lately, and I've come to the conclusion that maybe Mario shouldn't be chasing after her. (laughs) I mean, as a man, I think it's important to be mindful of our actions and how they impact others, especially when it comes to women. So, like, the, the thing that makes this so believable isn't just the audio uh, AI clarity, you know, sounding like Jordan Peterson, sounding like Joe Rogan. It's also the chat GPT, which generated the script, mm-hmm. understands the cadence and understands the vocabulary that each character, in this case, uses. Right. Um, the way that Jordan Peterson talks, you know, is like, it, it, it comes to my understanding that, you know, yeah, like it's, that's it's, how it's he talks. It's his vocabulary. It's taking what he would say and then applying it. And then also it's cool. It's like, it's, it's getting their, you know, Jordan's accent yeah, right as well. Canadian. So he says Mario, like Mario, Mario. Yeah. And it picked that out somehow. And yeah. I, I'm sure, I'm sure whatever model they fed the, the voice AI, he probably didn't say the word Mario, you mm. know, at any point. Yeah. But it was able to determine, you know, the way he pronounced his A's being a Canadian it was like, well, he would say Mario, Mario. Or maybe whoever is the one who did this, they typed it out in a way that Mario would true. be pronounced Mario. Yeah, right. that's true. Um, there's there's ways to... I mean, we were messing with it earlier. We wanted Joe to have a little more like spacing between certain words. We were trying like dot, dot, dots or commas or extra spaces or putting a... Yeah. You know, like starting it on the next line. So there's ways to play with it and to make it sound more and realistic. And I'm digging a hole. Any of you guys get any diamonds yet? I'm strip mining at the correct Y level. Nothing yet. So this oh, is. I found them. So this is don't the... mind them, Joker. What are your coordinates? What do you mean, don't mind them? 
Do you have any idea what game we're playing? So this is Elon Musk, Jordan Peterson, Joker, and Joe Rogan playing Minecraft. Yeah. So, so diamonds are rare, right? So you really want to use fortune, so you get... Sure, but we don't even have a pick to mine obsidian for an enchanting table. Is your brain working? Yay. Okay, so as you can see, this is going to create... If you haven't already seen uh, different people using AI to create content like this, we're going to continue to see more and more of it. And... If it's written well and, and if the animation is good, you could honestly build your own channels based around, you know, taking celebrities' voices and, and coming up with silly concepts. I wonder what the legal backlash for that's going to be. Though. I know. So it's like, let's say you did that. You built a whole channel around Joe Rogan playing video games, right? And you wrote out scripts and you had the AI do his voice. Well, it is his voice. Yeah. And he is his own brand. I mean, he literally has a podcast. So audio is his business. Yep. You know, I'm sure that these companies are, are trying to be as smart as they can about the copyright and whatnot uh, if you're using it for a paid thing. There was actually a big debacle uh, recently with, you know, an AI voice generated thing promoting a product. Hmm. And so they used Joe Rogan's voice to promote a testosterone booster that you can buy on Amazon. And then that company made a fake ad using fake Joe Rogan, you know, endorsing their product. Yeah. And then they paid for TikTok to promote that product with a fake Joe Rogan endorsement. So they probably sold a bunch of units on Amazon before it got flagged. Right. Because Joe Rogan has millions and millions, millions of listeners. And one of the things that I, I heard Colin and Samir talking about in their podcast is as content creators, you're kind of selling your credibility to the brands that you work with mm -hmm. and your voice is tied to that credibility. So this is really dangerous. I think in, in the first kind of threat to content creators, I think that we've seen that you could basically fake any creator's voice and endorse a product without their consent. Yeah. Um, there were some issues where Marquez Brownlee MKBHT was talking about products just in his reviews, say he does a review of a phone, while those phone companies would just clip out a section of his review and then make that an ad. Mm. But, you know, that wasn't... Marquez, like, flagged it and, and spoke against it because he was like, you can't use my endorsement without my consent. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm doing a review on YouTube and you're creating a, a paid ad out of it. You know, that's a different type of copyright. So, anyways, this is... All the beginning stages of, I think, what's going to be happening this year, 2023, we're going to see well, more and more advancements in this AI stuff. Are They are working. I mean, we obviously have deep fakes. So that's the other thing that we have. Yeah. Now we have AI voice. But then also, I mean, they're working on AI video, just straight up AI generated video. Yeah. That's a that's a thing that's coming. Um, so, yeah, there's just a lot of potential for fun, good things with this. But there's, I feel like there's, honestly, I feel like there's more downsides to this technology. Sometimes it's like, does technology really need to advance? Like, <laughs> can we just, um, you know, we did pretty good guys, you know, we, yeah. you know, we did well, everything seems to be mostly fine. Let's just, let's just stop. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure what to do with my hands. Yeah. So that was not AI generator. That was from Talladega Nights. Oh, okay. Um, no, you're right. It's, it's kind of scary. And, um, but also fun and interesting. I think there's power to it. Um, and, and just like anything, with, with great power comes great responsibility. You know, it is funny, though, because, you know, we're in the tech space. A lot of our friends are in the tech space. And 
Uh-huh. Um, the more people I talk to when it comes to this kind of stuff, the more people kind of, you know, they kind of make it as a, like an offhand comment, but it's almost like, you know, secretly inside, maybe what we're all thinking, it's like, maybe we should just all move to Montana, <laughs> you know, and just get away. Yeah, exactly. With great power comes great responsibility. With A. With A. With A. <laughs> AI. That was supposed to be AI. Yeah, I have to do a dot there. Yeah, A um, dot I. Well, yeah. So we'll we'll keep you guys in the loop with AI stuff. I am definitely interested in it. Um, Adobe apparently has something that's in beta um, that uses this type of technology to do what I was saying earlier, where it can kind of fix your audio. Mm. Um, so I need to look into that because I think there's some real powerful tools that we could use as creators with this stuff, especially if it gets built into our NLEs like Premiere or Final Cut or Resolve. Yeah. Um, imagine being able to, you know, smooth out your cuts. If you're doing a bunch of jump cuts with audio, if you use this type of technology to scan the audio, get a model of that person's voice and then say, do your edit and then say, smooth it out. Mm -hmm. You just push a button and it'll add the breaths. It'll add the, you know, the, um, white noise or or the room tone basically uh, automatically if you're doing cuts Mm. Um, it can maybe even rephrase certain words that maybe sound a little odd so the tools can be really useful but you know as joe rogan says with great power comes great responsibility with a with a with a (laughs) so sony released a new lens today another lens yeah let's move on from ai um yeah they released what is this their sixth 50 millimeter lens that they have out there on the market right now yeah the 50 millimeter f 1.4 g master so this is another g master Mm -hmm. um the previous g master i think it's still available is the 50 1.2 g master okay um this is added to the list of 50 millimeters from sony including the 51.2 the 51.8 which is a non g master the 50 f 2.5 g lens which is the really small one the 50 millimeter f 2.8 um and then of course the sony zeiss 50 millimeter f 1.4 which has been around for a uh, a long time right so that's one two three four five now six i got it right six 50 millimeter lenses not from third parties these are all first party sony lenses Mm -hmm. and i think yeah, I don't really have much to say about this lens. I mean, they've updated the optics. It's probably better for uh, video hybrid stuff. It's got the clickless aperture where you mm-hmm. can turn on click and de-click. It's, and it's got an ap- aperture ring, which is great. Slightly more affordable than the one two. Yeah, the one point two. The one point two G Master is two thousand dollars. This f one point four is twelve ninety nine. It's also a little bit smaller. Mm-hmm. To me, I think the F one point four is the one that if I were given the option between the two, I would actually probably choose that. Not only for the money, but for the size and that wonderful little clickless aperture. Mm-hmm. Although I believe the F one two also has something kind of similar to that, but um, it's got better op- uh, 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 flare resistance on it. Just all the new things, right? Right. Um, but in addition to that, we also have all the other third-party lenses that Sony makes or that Sigma and Tamron have right. uh, available, Rokinon. Come on, Canon. <laughs> like, yeah, all this is basically to say uh, Canon is falling behind again. I mean, they've been falling behind for a long time. Um, six six fifty millimeters that Sony has, and 
Canon has one, and have, Canon has zero third-party support. So it's just yeah, they have they there's two. There's oh, sorry, a, there's a cheap uh, RF. Um, Is it the one eight? Yes, there's a one eight that's kind of like your Nifty Fifty. That's one hundred and seventy nine dollars, and then there's the main RFL, you know, one point four, and that's two thousand dollars. So sure, they have yeah. no other options other than the super cheap and bad, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, in terms of professional quality. F1.8 at $200 and then all the way up to the $2,000 one. So for me, I would want something in the middle. I'd want like a thousand dollar, just everyday carry like pro lens, but I don't need all the way to the crazy 1.2. You, you know, what's funny is I, you would think, you know, like you got the super cheap end, you got the super high end. You would think that most people who use Canon RF mount are somewhere in the middle, right? Mm-hmm. The majority, the majority of their customers are probably not, ultra beginners and also probably not Mm. ultra professional so why aren't they focusing on like a middle ground one thousand dollar eight hundred dollar lens yeah focusing no pun intended yeah i need to turn that down a little bit that's really loud what's up everybody um yeah you're right there on the ef mount there was actually uh an f1.4 uh that was kind of like a four hundred dollar four five hundred dollar option and that's what I remember. I had that. My friend Jeffrey had one of those. Mm-hmm. That was the one to get because, you know, the F1.2 EF was definitely the best one you could get. But for video shooters, it wasn't necessary. It was a little bit heavier. The focusing was slower. So, yeah, I I would love to see Canon do more. And while we're on topic of other companies other than Sony, like same for Panasonic. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got Sigma and Leica and Panasonic. But I would love to see some more Panasonic uh, lenses, not just Sigma. But at least there's three companies making lenses for the same right. body. Uh, Nikon has a couple more lenses than Canon as well. Um, it's just strange that Canon keeps just slowly doing things. But um, I mean, do you think it works? Like, do you think that they're... I mean, their model seems to be, you know, give them so few options that they buy the expensive one, you know, like maybe, maybe that model does work. Maybe they have seen an uptick in sales with, um, you know, their more expensive lenses. Cause if you don't want the cheapo piece of garbage, $170 lens, your next option is the (laughs) $2,300 or use old EF lenses or adapt old EF. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, Canon is still number one in the industry. Yeah. So they're still they're still on top somehow. I was um, looking at a um, article, and I don't know how accurate it is, so you know, take it with a grain of salt. But they were saying they were claiming that the um, R6 Mark II is so far the most sold camera in 2023. Wow. And then next up was the uh, Sony A7 IV. Okay, so um, that kind of middle of the ground. Um, price point that two twenty four hundred dollar kind of seems to be the the sweet spot which again brings up the fact that like seems like most customers are probably in the middle area not Mm -hmm. super high end not super low end so yeah you would think they'd want to cater to those people and they just haven't moving on to the canon box style (laughs) speaking of canon Canon. basically canon uh, they have patents on a box camera honestly looking at these patents assuming they are the actual ones it looks a lot like the komodo yeah uh, red komodo um which i think didn't canon and uh red work together a bit on that camera i mean it does use the rf mount there was talks about it getting Mm -hmm. some canon autofocus i don't know that it ever did it ever get it 
Yeah, I mean, th- these are all um, rumors because neither Canon nor Red um, have confirmed openly it. confirmed that. It's, but, all, it's all rumors. Um, but the phase detect autofocus that the Komodo seems to have seems very similar in performance to a Canon type sen- sensor. Mm-hmm. The resolution of the Komodo is similar to an R6 original, I believe. Uh, so there's some rumors that Canon worked with, and then it's using Canon batteries. It's using an RF mount. Mm-hmm. There's just rumors that Canon and Red are kind of in this partnership kind of thing. Just a secret one. I, I heard a rumor. Now this is definitely a rumor that maybe Canon Canon would purchase Red. That'd be cool. Which would be pretty crazy. Um, I don't know. Would that be cool? Would that not be cool? Would you want Canon? philosophy on a red camera (laughs) true you know what i mean like yeah i mean i would imagine they would keep the red brand the red branding is pretty big it's it's probably more impactful than canon's own cinema lineup Mm, so i wonder if they bought it if they would just start turning in turning everything into red cameras like the red c70 the red c500 right oh and this camera is rumored to be named i think the c 50. Yeah, this is the C50. So the, the rumor is that we're going to see a box camera from Canon soon that looks very similar to a Komodo. Yeah. It's using two uh, of the Canon C70 type batteries on the back. It's got SDI, which is something that people wish the C70 had. Yeah. It'll have the same C70 and C300 Mark III sensor, which is a wonderful sensor. I love it. The DGO sensor dual gain output um Mm -hmm. great dynamic range great in low light uh really does look like the red though i mean like i don't know a little screen on top yeah it's got like the same buttons on the side just a couple buttons and then the screen on the top as well but it would be cool if this had built-in ndes which the komodo does not have Mm -hmm. um i would assume that it will but maybe it won't it doesn't Um, look like there's a lot of space for it I know, but yeah, I mean, if if this little box camera, which is literally the size of a Komodo, maybe even smaller, if this has built-in NDs, this will be really cool because it's got a small footprint, perfect for gimbals. I would even consider dumping my C70 for this if it had the same image quality, same autofocus, etc. Could be a really good studio camera. Yeah. Um, the question is, is because it is now that like, it is a lot like the Komodo, how are they going to differentiate it? from the Komodo, um, cause it is the same batteries, same mount. Yeah. It's a different sensor. So I guess you could say that, but it would have to do something that the Komodo doesn't do. Cause it's not like the Komodo's that expensive, yeah. especially for red. So maybe that's what they do with this. Maybe it's more much expensive. cheaper. Yeah. Like maybe the Canon one, the C 50 will be like four grand instead of what's the Komodo six grand. Yeah. Something like that. I, I don't know. The, the C 70 is f- how much does that one cost? I think it's Forty five hundred now, maybe five thousand. What was it new? Was it fifty five new? Yeah, I believe so. So, this camera will certainly be more than the C seventy. I would assume. You think so? Yeah, because it won't have a flip screen. It has less. It looks like less volume. It has less stuff. Yeah, it's like it. Maybe it's cheaper. I would think it'd be cheaper. Maybe forty nine would be cool on that. Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see, but I'm certainly excited about it. And the rumors are coming out just in time now for a potential release, maybe around NAB, which yeah. is kind of in like late April. And if it's not NAB, then it would be Cinegear, which is right after in May, mm-hmm. which is held in Hollywood 
Although I don't, I don't know if they're doing that anymore. I know they kind of canceled it the last couple of years because of COVID, but maybe that'll come back this It'll, year. Maybe bring it back. They should bring it back. That'd be nice. But the thing that, and just as a C70 user, I, I, I need to just, again, say the thing that's most annoying to me is the uh, Super 35 sensor. It's not that I don't like Super 35 and that, you know, it's not, a, it's, it's a great, you know, it's very compatible with um, PL mount lenses and stuff, but it's an it's a full frame mount, the RF mount with a Super 35 sensor, and Canon does not have any high quality uh, APS-C lenses for RF yet. Mm-hmm. Um, they've now got three RFS cameras with the R50, the R10, and the R7. And there's no pro level lenses, yeah. um, not to mention the C70. So this will now be another high end cropped sensor camera from Canon with no like pro crop lenses. Obviously, you can use all the full frame lenses, but they're bigger, they're heavier, they're more expensive, and you're not using the full potential of that lens. So therefore, I have to use the little turbo booster thing. Which or the speed booster, and it makes the lens now roughly full frame and right. gives me extra light. But I, I get some, EF. I get some flare with it. Um, it softens the image a hair, and I'm using older EF lenses, right. which are bigger, heavier, and just older. Well, I don't um, know. If are they bigger? Yeah, I mean, usually, I, I guess they are. The RF lenses are pretty chunky. They're, they're, yeah, that's true, but um, it's certainly heavier. Yeah. But anyways. I just, you know, it's kind of annoying that Canon doesn't have any pro-level crop lenses. I would love to see just like a standard, I guess like a 15 to 55, even f2.8, I would take that. Or like a modern version of the Sigma 18 to 35 f1.8. That lens is money. So like something like that on a RFS mount would be perfect. Well, you know, this makes me think that I, I, why hasn't Blackmagic done a box camera yet? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I feel like they, we haven't seen anything from them in a in a minute. Um, maybe maybe that'll change. Resolve. They they keep yeah. updating Resolve. Yeah, obviously Resolve has been kicking butt lately, and that's been great. I've been dabbling in it actually, and I, I do enjoy it when I use it. But um, but yeah, the camera, the side of things was what was the last camera they released? They've done kind of iterations on each camera, but they haven't really done like a whole new uh, body redesign. They haven't added a new sensor. I guess the 6K Pro would be kind of their last big announcement, which include it was the same 6K sensor with built-in right. NDs and that little flip-out screen. Mm-hmm. So it's just like little iterations on it, but nothing big or, or different. Yeah, so it would be nice to see. Like, they're due the, for something. Yeah, they're <laughs> due for something. And, um, you know, a lot of people say like you know they love the sensor on the black magic they love the image they hate using it right yeah so if they would release a camera like um this canon c50 or the komodo mm-hmm. i think it could be extremely popular especially since black magic is known to price things so competitively yeah a little gear guy instagram is taking a note from twitter's playbook uh specifically elon musk uh influencing mark zuckerberg because Obviously, Meta, a.k.a. Facebook, owns Instagram. And Mark Zuckerberg is saying that they will now have verification on Instagram for $12 a month. Wow. So basically, uh, the old Zuck, Zuckergini, he saw an opportunity to make a few extra billion a year. <laughs> and he's going to take all that and funnel it into his metaverse creepy world that he's trying to create. Yeah. I think this... I, I wanted to talk about this today because... 
I think this um, is a bigger conversation around the perception of verification. And now that Twitter is having paid verification, which I will raise my hand and admit I am paying for. I pay $11 a month for Twitter oh, verification. I thought it was 8 bucks. It went up. Oh, always does. <laughs> which is why... Uh, Inflation. Which is why... Uh, Mark Zuckerberg is charging $12 a month. By the way, I'll, I'll just read this article here from Petapixel. Uh, Zuckerberg's uh, broadcast channel this morning starting a new program called Meta Verified will allow users to verify their account with a government-issued ID and get a blue badge in exchange for a $12 a month for $12 a month if purchased on the web or 15 if bought through iOS, which is also the same for uh, Twitter. Uh, it's $11 if you do it through the web and I believe 15 through iOS and both, I guess now Instagram and Twitter are, are doing what a lot of companies do, which is they just have to charge more on iOS because Apple takes that 30%. They have to charge more because think about the amount of overhead they have to put a blue symbol next to your name. I mean, that's a, that's a big <laughs> undertaking. I mean, they're going to have thousands of employees that they got to hire to keep painting in those blue check marks. Yeah. I think these companies just want to do anything they can to to kind of scoot around Apple's policy. Yeah. That's a whole nother topic of discussion. Um, you know, specifically like even Netflix, Amazon, uh, with uh with Kindle and with Audible, like they don't even let you buy the subscription in the app. Like say you want to get Netflix, you mm-hmm. download Netflix on your iPad, your friends tell you about Netflix, it's the first time you've ever used it, you open it up. And there's no explanation on how to get it or where to pay for it because they can't even say, you know, you don't have Netflix, uh, sign up here. Like, you just have to know that you go on the web, huh. <laughs> then sign up, and then you pay there, and then you log in on the app. Got it. Um, it's it's a terrible system because Apple won't even let them explain what's happening, um, which it's just all very odd. Um, it is odd. Because Apple, I think they charge 30% of sale on apps, but you can just go to Safari on an iPad or on an iPhone and sign up and do it through there and you you scoot past that 30% hmm. charge. Uh, but that means if you're paying $10 a month for a streaming service, $3 of that $10 is going to Apple, which at scale is a significant amount of money. Right. So. Interesting. Um, so yeah, so that's why we're seeing that here. $12 a month if purchased on the web or 15 if bought through iOS. You know, for that amount of money, you could get YouTube premium <laughs> yeah. instead of a blue check mark. I mean, I guess this is useful for a particular type of person. Extra you know. impersonation protection. Yeah. Um, um, this new feature is about increasing authenticity and security. Zuckerberg says we'll be rolling out in Australia, New Zealand this week with more countries soon. Okay. Oh, so it's not even in the U.S. yet. I guess they're just starting on a smaller market. Um, but the thing that is different here... I guess we get angrier faster here in the U.S., so he wants to start with Australians. <laughs> yeah. The thing that's different here is that all you're getting is a verification, unless I'm reading this wrong. This is simply just a blue check mark that then verifies that you are you know, a real person, a real human, because yeah. they have to check your license, although I'm sure people are still going to scam it. Whereas with Twitter uh, Blue, I do get the ability to undo my tweet. Um, you can post longer videos. Um, there's so you get some, a few extra perks. There's some great uh, yeah, articles uh, that you get access to. So there's some perks to it that I actually do love. And as a, a Twitter nerd, um, I'm a fan of it. And I, I do like the idea of supporting 
the app and just continuing to invest, if you will, into the company because I do um, like it. Is and I don't I don't use Twitter, um, but is Twitter doing anything to work with creators or influencers, if you want to use that word, to monetize and stuff like that? Like, is there a way to make money on Twitter directly yet, or no? Yeah, Elon Musk about two weeks ago posted a tweet that said, starting now, we will be splitting revenue. Uh, I think it's 60-40. Okay. It's the same split that YouTube's doing, I yeah. think. Um, although I think it's actually the other way. I think YouTube is 40-60. Um, they take 40 and give you 60. Oh, so Twitter's taking the majority. Yeah. Oh, yeah. really? Interesting. I believe, I believe that was it. Um, okay. I could verify real quick. Yes, it's starting today. Twitter will share ad revenue with creators for ads that appear in their reply threads. So say you have a a tweet um, or a, you know a specific thread that gets some real attention. Yeah, you know millions of views or something. Um, if there's an ad attached to that, they will share revenue. Okay. So but does he does he make it revenue off his tweets too? Or? The company. Oh, the company will pay out fifty five percent of revenue earned. Okay. So, so that's 55, actually 45. So yeah, so actually so the creator gets the majority. Yeah. So just, that's cool. Just barely. Yeah. No, but that is good. Um yeah, so Elon is is still like working the kinks out. Um things are getting better, I think. Uh, it does uh, seem to be stabilizing. I mean, it was chaos for a while. Um yeah. I think anyone even if you supported it can agree, but it does seem to be stabilizing, which is a great thing. I think Twitter needs to yeah. stabilize. It's a unique part of social media that should stick around, even though I don't personally use it. Uh, one thing that people were kind of up in arms about last week was um, if you're not a Twitter Blue subscriber, the if you have two-factor authentic, uh, authentic uh, how do I say it? <laughs> Authentication. Authentication. Whoa. Authentication. That was a hard word. Yeah, that was hard. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> listeners. You had the yeah stumble through that if you have that turned on through sms that they're cutting it off so if you aren't so basically but if you use uh an app like Authy or google authenticator Mm -hmm. or um any of those verification uh apps that are actually way more secure um that's still available and the reason he did that is because they're literally spending millions and millions of dollars on these services that send out text messages. Mm-hmm. So Elon is basically trying to figure out how to make a profit. And so anything that is like a waste of money, he's just like... He's just trimming the fat. He's just trimming the fat. And yeah. people were getting angry because it was like, they're still offering SMS verification to blue subscribers. Right. So it's like, but it's also a less secure method anyways, compared to traditional, like actual authenticator apps. Mm-hmm. Um, so anybody like everybody should be using an authenticator app anyways that like it gives you that six digit code that changes every 15 seconds or whatever mm-hmm. have you ever used one of those uh no connor i know <laughs> i was waiting for you to ask me <laughs> so um the text message is not as secure because um people can hack into that and and sure say that they're you or put in their phone number and then all that happens is they just you get a text and so if they're using their phone number they could just verify that they are you even though they're using their number so it's a lot easier to to fake it Mm. um but the language was like hey we're cutting this out for all the free users all the people who aren't probably using all the people who subscribe to twitter blue are probably using authenticator apps because Mm -hmm. they're nerds who are paying for twitter blue which means they're nerds that probably use authenticator apps 
those are the ones who get access to SMS. <laughs> but the people who probably aren't paying for Twitter Blue, who are probably more kind of like normal people, those are the ones using SMS and that's getting cut off for them. Mm. But again, he's saving millions of dollars by doing that and he's just trimming the fat. So, you know, I think people shouldn't be using SMS anyways. I don't think it's that big of a deal, but people were getting upset about it. Yeah. It's just interesting to see this whole Twitter thing with Elon because we've never seen like a CEO be so um, kind of available, if you will, to the mass of the platform. Like mm-hmm. Mark Zuckerberg doesn't post on Facebook like what's happening at Facebook. Usually. Usually. Yeah. It's only when there's like a big announcement. Right. And they have like awkward, weird... Well, Elon Musk metaverse. will just post memes. I mean, he's a memer. And oh, it's, absolutely. It's pretty funny. I mean, he he has some funny things to say for sure. He's always got... <laughs> Making a meme. There we go. Making a meme, you know, small brain. Stealing a meme, slightly bigger brain. Making a meme about stealing a meme, bigger brain. Stealing a meme about stealing a meme, omega brain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, see? Go. That's quality. That's <laughs> and then uh, one of the responses, one of the top responses to that, man spends $44 billion to buy Twitter to share memes. <laughs> even bigger me- even bigger brain. <laughs> even bigger brain. <laughs> yeah. So... That's Twitter. That's Instagram verification. Let us know what you guys think about Instagram verification. Yeah. Um, they need, I think they need to add uh, some more features to it uh, to make it a little bit more compelling. If it's just $12 a month to get a blue check mark, I don't care about that. Yeah. Um, I don't think that some features. it's not worth it. Yeah. I mean, like, for one, all these people were getting it for free. I mean, I, I did hear a lot of people paid for it um to get it behind the scenes but like in reality it was a free thing just to get a blue check mark so now to have to pay for it and you're not getting anything yeah in addition like twitter blue you do get some extra things i I just don't see i mean there will be people who pay for it obviously but like just who cares or maybe i'm wrong maybe a bunch of kids are gonna want that blue check mark for you know, whatever clout, clout but it's in a, school. The reason it was clout was because the people who had it were famous. Yeah, so. but now, <laughs> now it's just people who have 12 extra bucks a month. So basically a person who didn't go to Starbucks twice yeah. can now have a blue check mark. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I don't know. I think as a content creator, it makes sense to have it because it verifies that you are who you say you are. So yeah. there, there is always, the even at, even somebody like myself, like there's, uh, there is a fan account, a Dave Mays fan account, which is hilarious. Oh, I love that. That's amazing. Um, that was me. I made that. Yeah, that was you. Was yeah, that you? No. Um, but then there's also like another person with a similar name, you know, so it's, and it's just like a normal random person. Mm-hmm. Um, well, there is so a- if somebody's searching for my name, who wants to find me, you know, David Altizer, Dave Mays, the, mm-hmm. the YouTuber, chances are a standard, like, you know, person who's just posting stuff of their family who happens to have a similar name, they're probably not going to pay $12 a month. Right. So that lets my account kind of get to the rank to the top. So I guess you could say as a professional content creator, it kind of makes sense, I guess. Yeah, I see. I see your point. I, I think it's just, it's just a hard sell uh, because it is 12 bucks for a blue, like a blue check, a blue check. I guess it's one of those weird things where it's like, if they make it too cheap, then everyone will just do it. Yeah. And if they make it, 
you know, I don't know. Too it's expensive. Too expensive. No one will do it. But it, 12 bucks is starting to feel on the too expensive I mean, side. That's, that's significant money. But I mean, if, if you're putting it into your budget as a professional, it's just part of doing business. Yeah. You know? I mean, there is another Connor McCaskill on Instagram. Oh. In fact, I have the underscore McCaskill yeah. name. So. Bummer. Shame. Biggie bum. Maybe you could send him a message and say, hey, I'll send you $12 for a year. $12. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's see how that works. My car broke down, but but actually didn't. Oh yeah, that that happened this week. That was a that was a, that's great, great, great story. Yeah, I'll <laughs> I'll make it brief. But basically, I thought my alternator went out and it started smoking. And I got a call from my mechanic today, and he said, "Hey, there's nothing wrong with your alternator. It's just a tube that's right above your alternator that's dripping oil onto the engine, which is causing smoke. And it made you think, and the AutoZone people that looked at it, that there's something wrong with it. So thank goodness I'm saving about six hundred dollars. Yeah, but in the process that's a lot of, of that's a lot of instagram verification you can buy <laughs> yeah. i am uh we're, my wife and i are down to one car as you know connor because you drove me around a lot when you lived with us mm-hmm. um <laughs> i've just like been just saving my money and you know there's always something else to pay for in my family when you have a single income household with a wife and two kids um so I've, we've just been saving our money on like either repairing the car and then the, the second car that we have, which is a Prius, um, now they're telling me it's going to cost four to five thousand dollars to fix the Prius, and I'm like, that's way too much money. It's probably better to just put that towards a new car. Yeah. So because of that, we only have one car. So I had to go rent a car while our minivan is in the shop, and for the same price as like a cheap small little Chevy something or rather, they're like, or you could just get the uh, Nissan Leaf, the electric car. Uh, it's a little bit bigger and you know they're probably not renting them because nobody wants the electric yeah. car and i was like yeah heck yeah i'll take it because i used to own a nissan leaf um i remember the little red nissan leaf i always called it the poor man's tesla yeah because uh, it was i paid six thousand dollars cash for it i believe or what it might have been nine thousand i think i sold it for six um but yeah i, I just i think we took out like a three or four thousand dollar loan on it and then i just paid cash for the rest of it then we ended up paying it off in Mm -hmm. a a quick amount of time and that car was great because it was my first uh, experience using an electric car Uh, and this was several years ago this was like seven years ago six years ago well let's see six years ago it would have been 2017 that i remember it yeah it was we sold it um before we moved to california so So, yeah 2018 is when we moved so yeah yeah so 2017 is when i got it and it was the first gen uh, Nissan Leaf, so it only had 87 mile range when I got it, which was was plenty for um, just kind of standard commuting back and forth. The average American commutes about 30 miles a day uh, on average. Uh, that's going to the grocery store. That's you know maybe going to your job. That's hopefully not too far away. At the time, I was working at Dave Ramsey, so I would drive it you know about about 30 minutes from Nashville to Brentwood. And uh, I would top off there. I would just plug it into, there was an outlet in the back and they just let me plug in, which <laughs> oh, really? was great. That's great. Um, I didn't ask Dave Ramsey himself, mm. but uh, he probably wouldn't let me. But uh, <laughs> Mr. Ramsey, please. But I loved it. And um, it was really fun to get the experience with that. Um, just plug it into the wall, like just a standard AC wall outlet. And that thing would charge up overnight, just like a phone. I'd come home, mm-hmm. plug it in, go to sleep, wake up. It's full. Uh, it was about the same voltage of like a toaster oven. So it was very low amount of energy that was being used to charge it. Take about eight hours to go from zero to full. Um, but as I 
owned it, you know, for, I guess I owned it for about two years. By the end of its, of my time with it, it was only doing about 35, 37 miles Not a on a battery. The battery life of it, the health of the battery just deteriorated like crazy. Um, which at that point, basically anytime I would drive somewhere, I could basically get to where I wanted to go, but then I would have to charge it when I arrived. So you would, you would not be able to get back basically, but uh, again, a big like, part of driving it is. Yeah. But like for the use case at the time I w- we were living in Nashville and we were, I was commuting to Hermitage mm-hmm. at our little Kinotika office. Yeah. As you know. Yeah. I um, and that was about 30 miles. So I would get there and I'd have like 10 miles left Yeah, and I would just bring my cable and I would just plug it in. Um, and by the time we were done with our six to eight hour work day, it was full again. And then I would drive home Yeah, and then I would plug it in when I got home and repeat the process. So it was fine, but there was no room for error. Yeah. Really. <laughs> you couldn't forget wake up in the morning. It's like, Oh no. But with that being said, like it was a cool experience to not have to pay for gas to never take that i never took that car in for anything um i don't think i even changed the tires on it wow Uh, i think it was the same tires that i bought obviously no brake pads because the regenerative braking so anyways the last two days i've been using a new nissan leaf and it's getting 187 mile range which Mm. for me coming from 37 miles is a huge difference that's actually nothing compared to tesla's which are doing i think 280 um but the thing that I like about the Nissan Leaf, and maybe some of you guys will criticize me in the comments, feel free to do so. I might um, criticize you right here. <laughs> <laughs> the thing I like about it is that it is like a boring, like under the radar car. Yeah. Uh, it's cheap, you know, in terms of electric cars. I think you can get away with a new one with the incentives here in America, paying around 20000 um, 23 ish for like a brand new electric car that can do essentially 200 miles on a charge. No bells and whistles, really. There's no like auto driving. It's got, you know, Apple CarPlay. I'm used to like old cars. I only buy cars that are like, you know, $10,000 or below. Yeah. Um, I always, I've always paid cash for the most part with, you know, small loans if I need to, but, um, I'm really liking it, and the kids love it. The regenerative braking now on it is really cool. There's, It wasn't like this on the original Leaf where it's just one pedal driving. So as I'm coming to a red light, I'll just take my foot off the gas, and it's really applying the regenerative braking, and I can see it charging itself. So I'll actually see the mileage go up as I'm like coming to a stop, which is nuts. Yeah. Um, I remember driving. Uh, we would drive up to Big Bear, um, Armando oh, yeah. and I, in his Model Y. Yeah. And on the way back, because it's just all downhill from a mountain, he would just, you know... Charge it up. Charge all the way back up on the way down the mountain. So yeah. he would be... Uh, I think he was still net negative, but it was, it was... You know, he gained a lot of it back yeah. by the time we made it back to his house. I think the benefits for electric, there's a lot. There's the fact that you don't have to pay for gas. There's the fact that the cars are just so much more simple. It's just a, a giant battery and motors, and that's it. You don't have these belts and all these gears and all these things that can go wrong with it. Um, Obviously the motors can go bad. The batteries can go bad, but based off of the track record of the original Tesla and even the Nissan Leaf, which is I think the first car to market in America that was fully electric, they just don't break as often as traditional combustion engine machines. I think the difference is 
the, you know, take this for what you will, but this is my opinion. The combustion engine has more issues, but it can last a lot longer. Mm-hmm. Whereas the electric cars almost seem to expire well, because the, the battery the, pack, the battery pack, which is the majority of the car. I think they say like seven ish years or maybe mm-hmm. a little longer, depending on how the, much you drive it. Um, it, it essentially just goes bad. And then to replace that, because it is so much of the car, it's so expensive. A lot of people end up not doing it, mm-hmm. you know? So it's not like, you know, a, a, a couple of tubes or whatever in, the, yeah. in a gas powered car. So it is, it's, it's interesting. I, I still like the idea of electric, but it is, I wonder, um, in the long run, like we need to figure out a way to make batteries that are repairable almost. That would yeah. be a really great thing. Or user, user replaceable. You yeah. Know, would be nice. Um, yeah, I, I, because I kind of like, I'm I'm just a tech nerd and like, you know, because I've been playing with this car for the last two days, I started like watching some reviews and, and comparing it to Tesla's and stuff. Yeah. And the Model 3 would be kind of sort of what you would compare it to, but it's still more expensive. Yeah. Um, but the cars are rated at like 300,000 miles on the battery before you need to kill it. And then even then the, the car itself, the frame of what it is, like you're looking at maybe an $8,000 replacement but at that point if you've driven three hundred thousand miles on it that's probably a couple that's got to be at least so five to ten years of of life i guess it then an eight thousand dollar replacement then gives you quote a new car yeah so i was gonna say so if you if you plan for that eventual thing then it you can consider it eight thousand dollars for a new tesla plus the fact that there's there's no alternators that go out or like timing belts and be motor and tires yeah it's just motor tires brake pads occasionally but very infrequently because you're rarely using the brake pads you're using the regenerative brakes to brake it most of the time so i don't even know how often you change the brakes on them probably very infrequently i guess the other issue that you could run into which we haven't seen yet but i imagine it's coming is like not being able to support software updates yeah sure um you know that's probably going to be a thing like for instance like i don't know an iphone 6 you can't you know download the latest or i think even up to like an iphone 8 now that's that's also a point for the leaf in my opinion is it has all the normal buttons like it's got the ac button it's a real physical button you know it's got a radio that with a with a knob and dials i kind of like that that's nice it's just like it looks boring and it's nothing sexy at all and it looks like a standard just plain old run-of-the-mill cheap car which in my opinion is kind of a plus it's like flies under the radar i don't look like a flashy tesla driver Mm -hmm. (laughs) which are very expensive we talked about that yeah uh I'm kind of half joking. If I could afford a Tesla and I was confident enough to get one, I would. But I just, I have a hard time spending that kind of money on anything, even if I had the money. Yeah. I feel like it would even be hard for me to justify it. But I mean, here I am with, you know, the top of the line iPhone, right? Like I'm that's, flashing around an iPhone. a little Pro. different. Top of the line MacBook Pro. That's still it's my job. a little it's, different. It's my truck. This is my truck. This yeah. is my car. I don't know. That's just the way I think. So, um, but yeah, the, whereas a Tesla is just a screen. So like if their software goes out, you know, and the screen breaks, you can't adjust the air conditioning, you know, or whatever. <laughs> like, yeah, um, you can't do a lot of things. Yeah. And then also other car manufacturers like Nissan, like they just have a track record of building cars in general. So 
I've just seen a lot of tweets and people talking about their Teslas with like the paneling coming off and yeah. certain like just build issues because it's sounding like Jim Cook right very now. scrappy. But they are sexy to look. I think they're very beautiful cars. I think all of the Teslas look definitely better than <laughs> Nissan Leaf. Yeah. Uh, I think what's going to be interesting is, you know, we're getting it. More normal companies or traditional companies are making electric cars, so yeah. like BMW. Yeah. You know, and they understand quality. Nissan, Hyundai, now yeah, Hyundai, uh, Toyota. Yeah. Uh, although I did see a news article that the CEO of Toyota just stepped down and was quoted at saying, to hell with electric vehicles. <laughs> well, he stepped down, so... Yeah, I guess his opinion doesn't matter. But maybe that's funny. Maybe he was holding off on that. Um, I w- I would assume that the Prius is uh, a big seller for them, so maybe he likes the idea of hybrids instead of electric. But um, with my experience using a hybrid for so for the last couple of years, I have a Prius which is now broken that I was just talking about because you're blending old with the new. There's just even more complexity to it. It's mm-hmm. more expensive to fix. It's more complex. I. I'm almost of the mindset now that it's like, just go full gas or full electric. The hybrid is just, yes, it, there are benefits with the great gas mileage yeah. and the ease of use that you don't have to plug it in or have any type of range uh, fear because you can always go to a gas station. But those cars are even more complicated and um, there's just more to break. So yeah, More to break and more expensive pieces. All that to say... Will I be buying a Nissan Leaf? Uh, probably not. But yeah. um, this became a car podcast here at the end. Yeah, it did. <laughs> well, um, I guess that's kind of it for today. Is there anything else that you wanted to talk about? Uh, not at the moment. Um, I think everything. I think we covered all of it. Honestly, I, I think that the podcast went better than I thought because we kind of started this going. Oh, what are we talking about today? Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes, I mean, like breaking the illusion of the podcast here. A lot of times, we show up and we're like, Is, "What happened this week? Did anything happen this week?" I don't know. We got to come up with an hour worth of conversation that's compelling and interesting yeah. to listen to. Um, and hopefully, we achieved we that it. this week. So, uh, let us know if we failed down in the comments. If you're on YouTube. Yeah, so um, we'll end this uh, show with some call to action here. Uh, If you are a fan of the show and specifically listen on Apple Podcasts, would you do us a solid and go to Apple Podcasts, leave a rating and review? That would be, you know, whatever star rating you want to give us. We would love a five star, but if you want to give us four, um, have at it. A perfect score would be good. Um, (laughs) I'd like it to be perfect. But, uh, you know, just give a comment or something that... uh, something that you find value in this show, something that you enjoy about it. Um, and, and even if you have any suggestions on things that you would love to see us do, feel free to put that there or uh, contact us at ghp.fm. And that applies to people who would be interested in sponsoring the show. Mm-hmm. We post every single week and we try to remain as consistent as we can. We did have a personal uh, reason to that why we didn't post last week. So here we are this week. Yep. Sorry about that. Yeah, but it's all good. Um, this The workflow is hopefully every Friday is what we're shooting for these days uh, as we record. Loosely. Yeah, every Friday. Yeah. Uh, every Friday morning is the goal. Um, make sure to subscribe on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash ghpod. And if you didn't know already, we have show notes. So all the things that we talked about, the articles that we read will be available in the podcast show notes. Whatever podcast player you're using, do a Google search and say podcast player show notes, where to find it. You can Mm -hmm. find it if you don't know already. Um, 
And I try to include chapters. I love chapters in podcasts. So not only on the YouTube chapters, but in the podcast player, we have chapter support with Spotify because they don't have traditional chapters. It's in the description. So if you go into the description, you'll see the time code and you could skip around. So yeah, that's about it for today. Yeah, I think that was a pretty good episode. So once again, I'm Connor McCaskill. And I'm David Altizer. And this is Joe Rogan. Welcome to the Golden Hour Podcast Experience with your host, we'll David Altizer. we'll see Al- you next week. See you guys. Welcome to the Golden Hour Podcast Experience with your hosts, David Altizer and Connor McCaskill. Let's go, you mother truckers. 